I would like to remind our viewers and listeners that this show is for educational purposes. Nothing that we say or do in this show constitutes investment or financial advice. In today's episode, we will be focusing on crypto markets. Our special guest, Colin Edwards, is a, a quant who works at IOG, and he will be sharing his insights about what he thinks about the crypto markets, how it works, and I hope you find this interview useful. I've worked in, in overseas and emerging markets a lot, and, and one of the greatest sort of impediments, uh, impediments for this uh, type of investing in, in emerging markets uh, among the traditional finance people um, and, and companies is the fact that you do not trust the regulatory environment or the government, right, as you mentioned. Um, and the second layer is that even if you are in a, in a place where there's uh, an, open, an open and uh, and uh, welcoming sort of uh, government that that wants to uphold the rule of law, um, the question becomes, you know, how do you uh, how do you gauge credit worthiness? Um, well, in, in the states, like it or not, we have you know you you have lots of problems with this uh, you know metric, but you, we have credit scores right that determine your eligibility to to get credit, and and the, the higher the score, the lower the credit, uh, the lower the risk, um, and and the lower your your cost of uh, borrowing. Now, in emerging markets, that, that type of data does not exist. Um, and I think blockchain, one of the fundamental things that it could do um, by onboarding the entire nation or, you know, in, in, into, uh, you know, something like, like uh, Cardano, you could create that, um, you could create that um, statistical, um, his, his, historical data um, and that you could, carry anywhere you want and uh, it would it would uh, be with you and uh, you could have a score um, that uh, no government could you know tamper with or whether it's uh, one governor or a one one president or another we wouldn't we wouldn't make any difference because it's there it's in a neutral territory that um, has nothing to do with the regulatory regime um, so in a sense, it will make people more self-sovereign in, in that regard and, and make them more investable. Um, you know, if, if you are a, uh, a, a, a coffee farmer that has that track record, regardless of who is in charge, you will be able to, uh, to, uh, to work with that person. You know, obviously, uh, as a bank, you would have to take into consideration or as a financial institution who is lending there, you could, you could take into consideration the demand and supply and the regulatory regime for that particular um, sector. But the question of credit worthiness uh, that hinges on the person's ability or willingness to pay would at least be partially solved. Um, so by technology, and, uh, and I think that's a, a great unknown that will be taken care of, that will reduce the cost actually for people who would otherwise be uh, you know, uh, encumbered by, by really high rates. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think that, that you know, choosing uh, and picking the, the, the areas where you definitely have the biggest uh, bank for your buck uh, in, in, in IOH case, case or IOG's case, uh, would be the best way to go. Um, finding a couple of countries that are open. Uh, once you have that pilot project going, um, I'm really looking forward to seeing what, what comes out of Georgia. I think it's an amazingly um, receptive government there. Um, and then you could, you could replicate it. You know, that's the, that's the beauty of it, right? You can just copy and paste, boom, and you got 
Yeah, I think that picking good projects and partnerships that kind of push forward that message and that we can build on is, is really critical to the success of the platform. And, um, you know, I think that there's two parts with that identity issue. And one of that is, is you want to be able to share your information. But I think there's also this sense that you should own your own information. <laughs> you shouldn't just give it to companies that are going to turn around and resell it. You could, you should choose who and how to share this information in a way that, that you maintain control of it and, and preserve the privacy. And I think that element of it is the other thing that blockchain answers is, you know, sending a photocopy of your bank statement to somebody is, you know, I think that opens up a lot of questions about identity theft. Is it out there? How are they handling your data? Um, you know, what are you, what are they going to do with it on the far side of it? And I think that the blockchains, you know, to say, can I ask on chain if this person can verifiably, and it, you know, I think that there's a, a bunch of very interesting uh, cryptographic techniques, um, kind of these zero knowledge proofs that are very exciting as well uh, in, in that uh, area. Um, and, and so opening that up, and I think identity again is really important because right now, if you have a pseudonymous or anonymous even relationship, there's no kind of downside to defaulting. You know, you just open up a new identity so that kind of building and preserving an identity, an economic identity that, that you can use over time uh, is true in credentials, whether it's academic credentials, uh, online coursework, uh, how do you verify you know, this person has, has done what they said they've done. I think it's a problem that, that companies face when hiring, you know, that how do you, if you claim that you have, you know, a doctorate from this degree, how, how, do, you, how do you prove that you actually went there? It's, you know, I, I think that as, as we look at a more global situation, those, those are harder to answer questions and blockchain has great answers uh, for, for opening that up. Colin, can you tell me, um... If, there, if, if you've noticed uh, um, a price correlation between uh, the traditional markets and, and the crypto, and lately I've noticed that. And, uh, you know, do you, do you have any, any thoughts about that? I, I think there is. And I, I think there's really good reasons for it. And, and part of that is this, this kind of a sense of looking, people looking for reflationary assets as, as governments are printing money. You know, what do you do with the money that you have? Uh, you know, is, is something more of it's produced, the, the, the money that you have is less valuable. So I think people are looking to place money in ways that will, you know, maybe not even take advantage of it, but maybe will, will preserve value. And, and those are gonna be assets like equities or like cryptos. And I think that's certainly one large trend. And they're also gonna be looking for things that that again are, are generating value. And that tends towards kind of technologically innovative companies or platforms. Uh, so I think that when you look at those correlations, the kind of traditional brick and mortar economics um, are, are gonna vary from, from companies that are perhaps doing new things, more innovative things. And, and so right now, yes, I think there is a very tight correlation. I think partly that's, due to the way the, the economic nature of, of things is going. I think that it is creating a divergence between this traditional stock market and, and even cryptos from the, the, the core economy um, because assets are kind of flowing preferentially into places where they might preserve value. Uh, so those are, are things that are, are, are definitely, I, I see, I think it makes sense. 
and and they'll probably continue for a while. Uh, there are some challenges. You know, I think the U.S. election could change a lot of things in the crypto world. Uh, governments, I mean, one of the main things they can do is is tax. So if the government was to come in and say tax capital gains differently, that might make cryptos more attractive as an asset class. If they were to start taxing cryptos. As a U.S. citizen, I noticed on last year's tax return, a very prominent question at the top of, of do you own or hold cryptos? Yeah, that was the first question. <laughs> you know, I think that, you know, that's it's the, the headlights of, of, you know, are cryptos going to be taxed or, or how, I mean, and I think the question is really more, how are cryptos going to be fairly taxed and evaluated? You know, those are not, not will it happen, but but what's the nature of, of how that's going to happen? And that could, of course, be a very negative impact. And um, yeah, of course, I, nothing could happen. You know, we, we could be in for another four years of, of, of just, you know, same. So I, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. But right now, I think certainly the, the equities markets and the crypto markets are, are, are trading on the, you know, the, the same winds are, are blowing both. Yeah, I think, you know, that kind of kills, if not diminishes, uh, diminishes, if not kills the, uh, the idea of uh, crypto being a hedge against uh, the, the traditional markets or economies and being a, uh, an idiosyncratic sort of uh, um, asset that you, you, could, you could hedge your normal portfolio with. And, 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 I, and I understand that from a point of view of, of anomaly, you know, nowhere... It's, this is the first time in the history of the United States where so much money has been printed. And I can understand why this is happening, but, but you know, um, the, the, the case no longer be made, um, even though it fundamentally exists, um, looking at prices, the case can no longer be made that these, uh, these assets uh, provide hedge. Uh, because uh, you, know, you look at, at equity markets where bankrupt companies are with no cash flows, right? Or severely impaired companies are fetching ridiculous, uh, uh, you know, multiples, you, you start questioning yourself as a professional. I'm a CFA charter holder. And um, quite honestly, this market is making a joke of my uh, profession. Um, because, you know, everything that, that I've learned is telling me that the economy is in, in peril. It, it's, it's going through a, uh, a, a deep sort of uh, restructuring or reorganization because of the fact that we had this COVID as, uh, as a one-off sort of uh, um, event that derailed um, a lot of earnings, a lot of demand. It just killed a lot of demand. I mean, I, I live next to New York and uh, I see on the streets, you know, you multiply uh, every single restaurant that's not making its revenue um, and, and, and see how it reverberates uh, across the country. And you see that there's a lot of unemployment, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, uh, problems because of the fact that there's no demand. Yet the stock market is going up and up and up and it's surpassed its uh, all-time high. And it just doesn't make sense, to be honest. In that environment, I would say that even um, blockchain for, for um, regulators that are really wise and, and, and think long-term, blockchain offers a way out. It's a place where you could actually see growth in, in, in the face of, of COVID or whatever you call it, because blockchain is inherently online. There's nothing that you have to go to work. You know, as a stakeable operator, I'm getting paid by um, um, a protocol, right? You know, I don't have to be anywhere, but I could pay taxes on that, on that, right? I could, you know, if, if the economic activity moves into blockchain platforms like Cardano, it could be a way out of such, you know, uh, eventualities. Um, you know, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I think there's a, a 
the, the markets, the crypto market is probably a lot more diverse. You know, I think that when you look at platforms like Cardano, uh, in, in many ways, it's going to be very similar to traditional markets, economic activity, you know, drives around for currency or, or trading. And, and so the platforms that facilitate exchange and trading are, are going to be impacted much like traditional companies. And I think that's true of, of chains like Ethereum or, or other types of lending. And particularly when you see a global slowdown rather than regional ones, I think COVID's unique in that sense. It's it's very much a, a global phenomena and, and there's no, you know, everybody's kind of in the same situation of, of dealing with lowered productivity uh, lockdowns. And, and so to that extent, I think that many of the crypto coins are, are in very similar ways to, to other equities, uh, you know, that, you know, quite you know, the same business cycles affecting them. Uh, now other coins and, and things like stable coins or other types of assets within that ecosystem are going to behave very differently. And so that the opportunities that, you know, new financial instruments that could come up and, and be on the blockchains uh, do offer different opportunities to people than they, they currently have. But I think that to expect that blockchain is going to be uncorrelated you know, at the same time, people have a narrative of blockchains eating the banks. Well, they're going to face the same struggles as the banks if they're trying to eat the banks, right? Yeah. There's, you can't have it both ways. So I, yeah. I, to me, it feels quite natural that blockchain is, is increasingly correlated, uh, particularly Bitcoin, uh, in the sense that it's, it's the most prominent of the assets and, and, and is, is out there uh, with, with equities. And I mean, you can make a case, Colin, though. I mean, you can make a case for uncorrelatedness of, of demand for cryptos because it's, it's global, right? It's, it, at least from a U.S. perspective, right? You can say, all right, you know, my assets in, in S&P 500 are driven by the demand in the United States because mostly that's what people, or, or maybe Europe in that, in that regard, you know. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the market for crypto is global. Anybody with a, a phone can buy it. Right. Um, and, and that should at least introduce some sort of, uh, you know, counter action for, act, for, for, the, for the demand that you see in the developed, mar developed markets. I, I don't necessarily agree in the sense that I see when you're looking at crypto, there are people that have money to invest and are looking to invest it and get a return. And, and those tend to come from, let's say, Asia or, or the United States. And those markets tend to be very dominant. And the US, and in particular the US stock market is something that I think the whole world invests in the US stock market as a store of value. And, and the US dollar has kind of benefited greatly from being kind of the reserve coin. Even when you look at stable coins in, in the crypto world, I mean, it's the US dollar, you know, that's, that's the, the reserve coin. And so, you know, I think that that, is, is you know, a, a generally uh, a reliable economic system. There's a, a trust in the companies that the companies are reporting their economics accurately. Um, so those are, are things I think that are, are there. And I think that even looking at cryptos, there's a lot of value in, in, in using them to say, take funds from Western economies to invest in, in less developed economies. But th that, that does, I'd say be a transfer, you know, of, of, people that have money looking to invest with people that, that need money and have, have big problems because, you know, I think the investment opportunities in, in regulated economies have, have shrunk. You know, there, there's a lot of money out there. The governments have been printing a long time and, and now it's, it's 
pretty well tapped the market out. Anybody who's got a great idea or needs funds has, has had access to them. And now the question is, how do you open that up to people that that have real problems to solve? And that's going to drive the, the next growth cycle. Oh, that's interesting. That That's that's quite, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the type of news that, that we would like to hear and dominate the headlines uh, on, on crypto markets. Uh, hopefully at some point it will, it will start, you know, uh, you know, the, the media is going to start paying attention to these kind of things in the mind of a traditional investor, right? Um, if I'm, if I'm investing in bonds, I'm getting a yield, right? So it's a yield that comes in forms of cash flows every six months or a quarter, uh, depending on what, what, uh, the, the uh, terms are. If I'm investing in an equity, I'm going for the growth that I can see and feel. Um, and I know that there's a demand um, that is being met by the company's operations and the company's, company's product, um, that there is a CEO that is uh, looking after the, 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 the company to minimize the cost and maximize the returns. There's a strategic direction in that um, in, in that company that maximizes my value as a shareholder. Um, and finally, I have a, uh, a way of, of verifying everything. There's plenty of information out there for me to make a judgment call as, a, as, a, as an investor. Now, with coins like crypto, you know, that like Cardano, which um, does not have uh, necessarily any cash flows, um, and, and, and coins that accrue their value through the demand only um, as, as utility tokens. Um, I, 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 how do you convince people? How, what kind of mental frameworks would you recommend um, using in order to make an investment case for that? Because, you know, like it or not, I, as, as somebody who is trained to see cash flows and, and you the, use the, the discounted cash flow analysis um, to make a judgment call, uh, whether an investment is good or bad, um, uh, I find it hard to to come up with frameworks to evaluate these kind of assets. You know, what what would be the you know the closest thing you would you would use in order to evaluate these assets? Well, I think that's a couple of questions, and I I tend to agree with you. I think that it's created a lot of questions about why would you want to hold a token, and you know, I think that there are people that would hold, let's say, oil or gold or Thai bot in, in their investment portfolio just as a, a way of kind of preserving value. So there is certainly that value preservation case uh, or, you know, just having some sort of thing that, that holds its value. But I think beyond that, you, you've seen a couple things happen. I think that staking and this kind of yield farming business is, is sort of showing returns on these platforms. So, you know, and in fact, staking, I think, is moving more towards the fixed income like assets of, you know, you're supporting the platform, you know, and, and by staking, you know, when you're, you're staking there, you're kind of voting for reliable operators in the platform and you're getting rewarded for it. But more than that, I think that it's kind of like investing in a road. You know, even though the road is never going to be a toll road, it enables economic activity. So you're kind of placing a, a leap of faith on the fact that we're going to open this road between two cities and then suddenly we can start trading between two cities and the value that you're creating is, is going to really be quite large because you're able to enable trade in a way that hasn't before. And I think this is also really important on why I'd say coins and, and coin projects 
also need a bit of a mission. You know, what are they trying to accomplish with, with social good? And in one of those is, you know, I think looking at economic inclusion and activity, it's something that people may support. And there's going to be a lot of money because, you know, the, if you're investing in people that, that personally they, they need money, they, they could generate a lot of value and innovation. It's, it's going to be over these platforms. So I, I'd see it as, as kind of investing in that infrastructure. And then there is also kind of the, the value. I think this comes back to sort of being a lemons market still. Um, most cryptos are going to be very underpriced because there's just a lot of dodgy ones out there that it's hard to tell good ones from bad ones. And so the people that are doing the due diligence about platforms that have good technologies, that have good missions, good, good views on, on potential applications, uh, those are going to be undervalued and, and see some appreciation just in, in straight value. I think that that's, that's something that's very clear is that nobody can tell what is good or bad value. And, and so there's going to be some capital appreciation. And then there's going to be, I'd say, things like staking or yield farming, much like investing in a currency so that you hold dollars, but you can invest them and get a return on it. And uh, cryptos are going to be very similar uh, that people want to use them will pay you a return for borrowing them and uh, a store of value, you know, to separate it out. So those are, are all things. But I think the biggest thing is probably that kind of build a road approach. You know, we need a bunch of money to build this economic system that people can use and, and that's going to benefit everybody. And I think that people have to start thinking bigger. You know, those are not people that are gonna to look to, you know, how do I maximize return right now? It's going to be people taking a long-term view of, of something that's it's gonna be great for everyone when we get it to happen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes when I, when I think about portfolio, you know, the, the, the platforms like Cardano, uh, infrastructure comes to my mind, definitely. And, and somebody who's invested in infrastructure, I, I can see the telltale signs of, um, of those kind of projects. Um, that, present in, in, in Cardano. The, um, the thing that comes also to my mind is that, you know, if, what if, what if SMTP was tokenized, right? You know, um, SMTP is, is the protocol that, that, that we use in order to send email. Um, what if every time you send an email, you sent uh, a, a tiny fraction of something of value to a, uh, uh, you know, a treasury or something like that. And I think it, thinking in those terms actually helps because, Imagine the, the amount of wealth that would be amassed um, on the protocol level to SMTP or, or you know, SMTP coin, let's call it that way, or HTTP coin. And you don't even have to have a very expensive sort of transaction cost in that regard. You, know, you could just have it up a fraction of a cent. But the fact that it's utilized all over the world as a single standard and people use it because it facilitates um, anything from sending uh, an email to, uh, you know, downloading a movie or uh, doing a transaction on a, on a, on a, on a, with your bank. Um, you, you could see how this, uh, you know, uh, value proposition as, as, as an infrastructure could create enormous value. Um, and I see Cardano's uh, value as, as, you know, value proposition as that. As, as that. Um, yes, you do not have uh, cash flows, um, uh, you know, beyond, beyond staking, um, but in and of itself, the coins like this in Cardano, they can't, they can't be siloed or, or pigeonholed into one or another financial instrument. You know, they, you know, as you said, you know, it, 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 it is, it behaves like a bond in a sense when you buy it because there's cash flows coming in, but that's not its main value proposition, you know, because the, 
the cash flows are there in order to sustain the network, um, to, to create some economic incentive for, for stakeholder operators to sustain the network, to run it. But eventually they, they would be, uh, you know, minuscule um, in, in, no, they, they, would, they would be there, but uh, at some point you will see the uptick in, in demand uh, replacing um, the value generation sort of uh, uh, narrative there. Um, and you could have very little in terms of actual absolute number of coins coming into your, uh, you know, uh, staking address, for instance, because it will be mostly driven by, by transactions. But uh, in terms of value, they would have a lot of value. Um, and uh, as, as the economic activity grows on the system, in the system that, you know, would hopefully drive the, the, the price of, of ADA up and thereby increasing sort of, uh, you know, a high value, uh, your, your, ter your returns beyond what you could uh, actually earn by just staking. I, I agree. And I think, you know, part of that is, is you know, look, taking a long-term view on, on where you want the economy to grow and, and ability to shape it. You know, one thing about cryptos and particularly some of the things like the on-chain voting that we're working on, is it's a way to influence and change the future. You know, you don't need to as an individual say I'm at the mercy of big banks, I can, I can be part of, of this decision process in a way that is organic, that, that grows over time, but I can take personal responsibility. And I think that people that like that message and want to contribute to it are, are really, you know, people that we would like to hold the coin, <laughs> you know, not people looking to flip it for a, a quick dollar or who are looking to go to the moon uh, in the next two months. I mean, that'd be nice. I, I'd love to have the price go to the moon. Um, but really, you know, I think people that, that should be holding these coins are the people looking long-term about, I want to do something important for the world. I want to do something better. I want to have, you know, be able to personally contribute. And I think that individual action, you know, I don't want, you know, some sort of pension board choosing the head of the company to maximize returns to run the company because that's what he's getting paid for. You know, I think we, we've seen a very short-sighted trap in, in the way companies are run. And, and, you know, when you think about what's a better way to run a company, um, you know, I think that's an answer that these decentralized organizations do very, very well. And they do it in a way that doesn't rely on the government stepping in and, and having heavy handed regulation. And I think that's a, a great thing. Yes, yes. You know, go governance is another thing, Colin, um, that you could see that it could be a great enabler if, if structured right. Um, but it could also be a... Uh, uh, a disaster if, if not structured right. You know, in the case of Bitcoin, I, I, I see the, their off-chain governance as, as an impediment for them to grow um, and, and improve the protocol. Um, they're, they're kind of stuck in their, um, uh, you know, one way sort of uh, in, in the old ways um, in many cases. And there might be, you know, um, cultural or, you know, ideological reasons for that to exist. But I think they definitely lost the uh, the narrative around uh, Bitcoin being a a peer-to-peer -peer cash, you know, digital cash, because that that is no longer the case. Um, you know, if I were them, I would definitely pivot to to digital gold narrative too. But um, and they definitely have the uh, the uh, you know the the network, but um, governance. I would say is the hardest thing um, in, in, in decentralized networks because it could potentially be hijacked, right? As you said, you know, if, if lots of bad guys come in and, uh, and start shaping the, uh, 
the uh, the direction of the of, of the decentralized uh, blockchain, then you might be in trouble. And how do you account for that? Is is a good question. I'm glad that we are doing a lot of experiments early on with uh, with Catalyst, and and I really like the the voting structure that we've put in place so far. We'll see how it goes, but uh, the early results are kind of uh, in, in, you know in, in inspiring. I would say. I think it's been very good. I think it's been a great project and it's it's one that I think is very exciting because it, it gets people on board. It gives them some ability to play with it and, and some some funds and economic freedom to do so. And and that's been a, a, a huge success. And, you know, I think one thing I just want to jump on, you know, I think that we need to stop talking about coins as companies. There is no Bitcoin Incorporated. There is no Cardano Incorporated. Uh, I mean, we do have a Cardano Foundation that's looking after the coins. Uh, IOG is an, an engineering company that is, is highly related. We're, we're quite emotionally invested in it, but we are not Cardano Incorporated either. I think we are, are big players in the ecosystem that are trying to do a good job of you know, sort of the governance and getting it off to a right start in life. But I think that there's also kind of that at some point a realization that we're going to need to step away from making all the decisions. And and that's, it's a hard, it's a hard growing up decision to see your children fly on their own. Um, and, and so that's, I think when we talk about Bitcoin, it's, it's not Bitcoin incorporated making marketing decisions. There is a foundation that is, is setting some direction. There's core developers. Uh, but same with Cardano is it's it's a cooperative project. It's it's um you know one where we rely very heavily on community engagement, and and that's going to have to come forward in the future. I think that you know uh, the and, and having that split of, of a natural transition the way we talk about it of, of IOG versus Cardano is two separate things. I think is is healthy. That's going to help the ecosystem in the long term as as. You know, and, and even right now, there's Amergo and the Cardano Foundation. Uh, so I think that's one of the things that got Cardano off to a great start is it's not Cardano the company. It is a, a set of companies that all have a, a shared interest in, in cooperating and making it work. But uh, there, there isn't even um, right now a, a single governing entity. I know Charles is kind of the strongest spokesman, but, uh, you know, I think that's, that's probably very important to get out there too with these coins is, is it's not, you're not funding Cardano, the company, you're, you're founding a cooperative effort that everybody's working together to do something great. And, um, yeah, and I think that's exciting. Yeah. That's the nature of decentralized projects. I mean, there's no single entity kind of, um, you know, pulling the strings. Um, in, in the case of Cardano, we just have a way of, you know, transparently um, capturing that uh, voice, the community voice, um, you know, weighted by the number of coins you hold, of course. But um, um, but in, in, in other, you know, ecosystems, you know, be Ethereum or, or Bitcoin, you know, everybody votes with their, uh, with their own, uh, you know, the developers vote with their actions. Um, the miners um, uh, vote with, the, with their actions too, of accepting or rejecting, a, 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 you know, um, a, BIP, uh, whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm sure that there are a lot of iterations in, in that ecosystem that everybody comes to a consensus. And then if they have 50%, then just basically the chain moves into that new state. Um, but in, in case of Cardano, it's, I think it's more seamless. It's, and and it, I think it ca captures also a greater number of, uh, of, of representative vote. My, my 
concerns, you know, as somebody who might be looking at it critically from an outsider point of view, let's say if I, if I didn't know uh, the ecosystem that well, I, I might be concerned about, you know, how, for instance, uh, we uh, disperse the, um, um, the treasury funds, whether there is a uh, proper vetting process for, for projects, you know, whether professionals are evaluating them for impact. You know, the, the guidelines so far are a little bit, uh, you know, I would say wide. And that's expected for a project like this because innovation itself should not be, uh, should not be curtailed by any type of structure that might hinder its, uh, you know, capabilities in the long run. So the, the, the types of questions that you're asked to, to you know, if you're doing a proposal are, are very sort of open. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, my sense is that the, that's intentional in order to create the, the widest uh, possible net, uh, to cast the, the widest possible net in order to capture that value. And yeah, so that's basically what, what I would, I would, you know, the only thing that I would, I would, I would be worried about if I was an outside investor is like, how are these capital decisions made? You know, you have 256 uh, projects, potential projects in, in, in the, what if uh, the majority of people, the herd decides that something that doesn't create value or, uh, you know, gets, gets approved. Um, and that iterates over, over many, many uh, sort of funding cycles. And how, how, how does that, can we make the, I, I guess the question is, can we make, the voting process to uh, to generate the highest re return um, economic return um, to the to the platform, um, and that's an open question, I guess. I think we can do some analysis around it, maybe bound the problem. But I think one of the challenges of working on a platform is is that the actions of the people that are that are using the platform drive a lot of what happens. And, and so we're kind of in this, this constant cycle of reevaluating what do we do um, you know, and how do people respond and, and where do we iterate it from there? And I think that's just reach, you know, talking about community engagement and speaking to people and particularly while we're still sort of in a caretaker mode for the, the platform. And, and that is, you know, there, there's a clock that's ticking down on that for sure. Um, you know, we're, we're trying to do very, you know, be very open and, and try to engage people much more uh, and, and not just take a, a hard, you know, this is what's best for you, we know best platform. And then that's hard because we have opinions and yeah. we struggle with it. And, and I think, you know, trying to get a good balance between getting the platform off to the right start, getting the right people engaged in the community, getting the right community you know, I think is, is a, a really strong one. And, and some of that is a bit of an act of faith, you know, that, that we will let people do the right thing and, and, and ask them to think critically about what, what they want it to do and, and happen. And, yeah. and I think that's, you know, it, it's kind of that process of, of growing up um, that you kind of have to let some things go and see where they go. And, you know, we want to, with our own actions, lead the way. You know, I think that's really important. We need to be doing the right thing. Uh, the way that, for example, we're operating on the platform, the kind of things that we are, are personally choosing to pursue should lead to direction. And, and that's something I think that within IOG is, is something that we buy strongly into. And it's just uh, how do we make it happen and keep ourselves honest?
I can name a couple of platforms that have done that. Um, I think the best way to do is to handhold and then start releasing the, the control um, as you see progress um, towards decentralization and towards uh, responsible decision-making. Um, and uh, with, with the funds, it's the same thing. I think it will take a little bit of time for the governance structure to get where it needs to be. Because um, I think there will have to be, a, just like we have in, 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 in the ecosystem of, of uh, staking, uh, with stakeable operators represent the, the vote, let's say, of, of uh, stakeholders, right, in, in, in the protocol. Um, you, you might have a second layer of governance where you will have a, a panel of experts um, that will gain prominence. Maybe you have these, you know, I think uh, Charles talked about this, uh, you know, a second sort of a token or importance token where you as a, uh, an expert in a certain uh, sense, you know, um, start getting, uh, you know, vote of votes of confidence, you know, and, and if let's say that there's an issue that requires your input um, and your, your input uh, and, and your approval, let's say is, is on chain um, and, and you would be able to, uh, to track the person's uh, progress and uh, in, you know, maybe there will be a job where uh, you would you would be part of a, a consortium of people um, approving or you know um, uh, you know approving or not approving a, a project based on on their economic or multi-dimensional merit. Let's put it that way, because there's there's, there's not there's not only economics in play here when we talk about uh, projects in Cardano, but also the wider impact of where we want to go as, as as a platform. Um, which itself needs to be defined, I think, which is the hardest thing for me to grasp. You know, it's like, where are we going to go, right? So for me, it's the mission and then you got the strategy and then you got the, the projects that feed into that strategy, which the strategy feeds into that mission. Um, and we try to do something like that with the, the new roadmap that we kind of created for, um, for the Cardano Foundation. Um, but we'll see where it goes. But as, as, as a community, we have to sort of come into a, uh, an agreement about the strategic direction. Because one thing that I cannot um, understand or accept um, as, as somebody who comes from the finance world is, is that platforms need a direction. Um, some so very wide you know, kind of a set of guidelines about where they want to go. For instance, I don't see CryptoKitties coming into, um, I wouldn't want to have the CryptoKitties coming into, into Cardano. Yes, it creates demand for the coin. Um, yes, it might drive up at the price, but that's not what Cardano is all about. We, we're trying to solve problems here. Um, and, and, and yeah, look, CryptoKitties, uh, you know, satisfied a demand for um, a, a you know, for a digital token that's rare and irreplaceable or unique. Um, but I think the, uh, the potential of the project, um, the potential of the platform um, should not be wasted um, on, on projects that, that do not directly uh, feed into this grand vision that we have for it. I think that, that just kind of calls out the need to, to have maybe stronger differentiation between the platforms and then the applications on the platform. And I see CryptoKitties as, as a token, you know, it's an application that people use and uh, I'm not going to judge, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, if, if, if that's where they want to take it, I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, I, I think that part of that is, is, is I'm, I'm not going to judge. I don't think that's where we want to go in, internally. I think that we want to look at, at higher impact uh, things. I mean, you know, I think that, I would like to think that the, the platform will, will do more than, than be a crypto kitty venue. Uh, 
but I, you know, I think that, that, that there's a demand for it. People can use it for that. And, and that's okay too. You know, I think we have to say that it is going to be used in, in areas that we may not know or, or maybe can't even know. And, and we want to keep our, our flexibility on that. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the, when you look at the platform versus the tokens on it, uh, there's going to be some crazy tokens. I, I think, the, you know, things that show real economic utility and value are, are really important, uh, particularly at this stage in the life cycle of, you know, where people can say, I can see how this is important and how this makes a difference to people. And, you know, so while we, we can say, we, I wouldn't rule out CryptoKitties, um, that, that's probably not what's going to drive adoption, you know, that it's it's going to be real value making a difference to people's lives and 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 having a good story around that i want to close off this discussion uh, colin um with uh you know your prediction um in, in interest rates and how they uh could uh, uh you know affect the crypto markets in in the medium to uh to you know short term I, I think governments are kind of stuck in this interest rate trap. I think that there is no exit plan from this printing money and, and the quantitative easing. I think that that's a one-way road and it, it's going to take something really significant to happen. And at the same time, I think that there's a lot of people that, that are looking for returns on, on, on their money uh, and, and that are, are using that and planning for that long-term. And so, you know, I think one of the great things about crypto is is that transfer to the other economies that that have been, you know, up to this point sort of uninvestable. Whether it's due to currency risk, due to dodgy government risk, uh, even if it's a great government, you know, what's the next one going to be like? Uh, you know that, you know, when you look at at Western governments, you think the the strength of the government is not, you know, kind of electing great leaders necessarily as having a way to get rid of bad ones. And, and you don't always have that confidence in, in other countries, you know, that once they come, they stay. <laughs> that's right. You know, that, so I think that there's, you know, that, that transition of, of, you know, even if you've got a, a very forward thinking, you know, government, is, is that going to be the same government there in, in 20 years? And I, I you know, not to, to mention a country like Turkey, but, you know, where, you know, maybe that, that you, you get countries that are, are changing that, you know, have opportunities um, there. <laughs> Just talking about, uh, you know, where, where you get strong men rulers in and, and maybe change it to a different state. Yeah, um, I, I lived in Turkey but, and I would say that I would, uh, I would transfer every time I got paid, I would transfer the money out because I did not want to have uh, the risk of uh, the banking sector, they're closing closing down and me getting trapped with uh, the currency allegoration there and whatnot. But um, there's one so, other yeah, question. I think that interest rates, you know, yeah. I, I think that's going to be the great story for crypto because it gives you an answer to what to do with investments. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's fascinating. If there's any type of points that you would like to make that you haven't had a chance to make, Colin, this is the time to do it. Well, you know, I think the main point is, is, People should be thinking long-term with crypto. I think that, that when we're looking at what drives economic value, it's not just, uh, you know, a, a net zero proposition. There's actual value creation and people should be looking at cryptos and thinking about what are the cryptos that are going to be driving the creation of this value, new, you know, expanding economies, new products, new ideas. And and those are going to be things that, that fundamentally long-term are, are going to, 
you know, just increase the pie. We're not just buying low and selling to the next idiot along. You, you've got to really look at what's going to be things that, that increase this pie for everybody and, and getting a piece of that increasing pie. And the other thing I think that's it's very challenging about cryptos is there is a, and, and it's, it's reassuring, uh, but it's also very challenging is that level of personal responsibility that, you know, investors that are coming from Western countries tend to have this faith in companies that they can almost just chase highest yield. They don't have to think about, is this a scam? Is this a real company? Is this sustainable? So there is that element of, of personal responsibility in, you know, be your own bank, be your own financial system, but you also have to do some of the things that you take for granted uh, in, in banks and financial systems. And that is that due diligence of, uh, who are you trading with? Do you trust them? Do they have a good message? And, and those are things I think Cardano's got great answers for. And, and I think that as, as we mature as a marketplace, and talking about cryptos generally, you know, those are things that I, I hope really start to, to come more uh, front and center in the public mindset. It was uh, an enormous amount of uh, honor and pleasure to talk to you today, Colin. And uh, I hope you join us uh, uh, down the road when we have Gogan or some important development. Sure. And I'm happy to talk on a variety of other things, including uh, risk management in general, uh, how it applies to cryptos or uh, talking about systematic trading. It's, it's certainly a passion of mine. It's not my role at Cardano or IOG, but it is something I have a, a strong interest in of, of how to build and, and run sustainable, systematic and algorithmic trading. And, and it's uh, always fun to talk about that, too. <laughs> Thank you for watching and listening to today's episode of Slot Leader. If you like the content, please don't forget to subscribe so you could catch the next one. See you next time.